today's podcast I wanted to make for two reasons. Number one, Boo Boo got this gorgeous handbag. It's like this camel or caramel colored um, Tory Burch hobo. A uh, very short strap hobo, but a very large body of the bag and pebble leather. Um, very pretty hardware, really not overly big, but very, very chic, I think. Definitely not a, a common um, silhouette. Like a hobo is definitely a common silhouette, but this is not a common ex- execution. And I really like it, but Boo Boo is like thinking she might return it. And that thought pains me, so I'm making this podcast and strongly suggest that um, we wait until my mommy comes to look at it and let her um, give some, provide some feedback. I think that would be the prudent thing to do. Um, the second reason is that I've been wanting to share this story with a friend of mine who I know would appreciate this handbag story. So the story I'm going to tell you is one about when Boo Boo came to see me in the hospital when I just woke up. So this is in the second hospital called Vibra. Um, it was an LTAC. I think they're, they specialized in respiratory care. And that's where I first started to wake up. And it was the most scary place because when I started to wake up and I had no idea what was going on. So at this point, like, you know, they were telling me verbally, you know, your sister is coming, your sister is coming. And I was like, uh, well, you know, I'll, whatever, I'll, you know, uh, okay, I would love it if she came, but like, I will believe it when I see her walk through my door. So I was waiting for her. But the thing was, like, I was so loopy. Well, I was loopy for a long time, but like, you know, this, I was especially loopy. That, like, um, but the thing is, like, um, there was no time lapse in my head. Like, I didn't know what had happened. So I just thought it was completely natural that. I should be seeing my sister and like we would just talk like normal and everything was just, you know, like usually was. Like we just laughed our heads off literally for like three days. And I think it was really a great time for my parents to see me because she was coming specifically out because her husband Timmy told her to. He was like, you know what, I'll, I'll take care of the kids and everything. You need to go and support your parents because... I was going through a real tough time in terms of because I was just waking up um, I was extremely agitated. I was like kicking and thrashing and like I was all bruised and stuff because I kept on like doing stuff and like I think one of the nurses was like, well, we are really glad that she has retained that level of mobility, you know, but still it would, they had to like wrap the railings in crazy padding because I mean, I was just, I was going nuts in that bed. I was like, seriously, I, yeah. I mean, I do remember kicking, but I don't remember I don't remember much, but I just remember the kicking because I was, I knew I was upset for some reason. Then that was the only way I could express myself. But then Boo Boo comes in and um, we start laughing and fit to be tied about everything, starting first with um, this issue because uh, she was carrying this terribly awful, ugly handbag. And I was just like, why would you even consider carrying that? You're my sister. You need to, you know. You should probably rethink that choice. Anyway, I know I'm so mean. I'm sorry. So, um, I actually this this um this clip I'm going to share with you is from the 2015 Christmas tea that um, uh, Kim hosted, and I was a speaker, and it was so fun. I loved it. The thing is, like the day before, my mommy had left to go to um, 
Ernie's house because my dear sister Ruthie had flown out to her mom and dad's house in Michigan because her mommy had just had like this aortic um, aneurysm. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, this 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 is the second time she's had an open heart, but this second time, um, this was uh, an emergency, like an extreme emergency. Like, sorry, I can't even talk about that. That's like crazy. And so her, she Ruth flew out, and since then I keep on asking, like Ruth, I'm like, are you sure your mom and dad like don't have PTSD? Because, I mean, she was awake and he was there right there for the emergency. Like, stuff just like started happening and like, like blood. She was already in the hospital being monitored, but then something burst and like. There was just blood squirting out of her mouth. Anyway, it was just awful. But thank the Lord, the surgeon was, like, right outside the door and had her on the table within, like, 15 minutes. And then, like, for I don't know how many days afterwards, like, people just kept on, like, stopping by her room wanting to look at her because they were like, you know, people just do not survive the kind of event that she had. But because, I mean, the surgeon was right outside the door. He had stepped out to take a phone call. Um, because the surgeon was right there, like, she, thank the Lord, she was able to um, receive the right kind of surgical intervention right away. And but let me just say, that woman is hardcore. And um, the apple does not fall far from the tree. And I'm really thankful for Ruthie because she's the one with my brother Ernie who... Um, Got my got the house ready to receive me when I came home from the hospital, so I will always remember that and all the other stuff that Ruthie does for me. Plus, she totally knew how to like handle a wheelchair and wasn't afraid at all because her grandma used to be in one. So she's super cool. Plus, she's the mother of my beautiful nephews and niece. So yeah, the um, she's pretty much good to go for life. Anyway, I'm gonna share the story with you about the handbag. So I wanted to open with a story about when I broke up in the hospital. It's actually about my poor sister, Aya, also known as Boo Boo. Mm -hmm. So I wake up in the hospital, and she didn't know that I had woken up. Like, she was coming to support my parents because she had heard that I was, like, super agitated and a little, like, thrashing around. It had been, like, a month already. So I woke up, and then she arrives at the hospital, and I had been told she'd been coming, but I have so loopy. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, yeah, I'll believe when I see it. And so she walks in, and I was like, Boo Boo, Boo Boo came to see me, I'm so glad. So she walks in and she's like, I am so proud of you, Ning. Because like, this is like the first time out of bed, right? And like, <laughs> wow. At that time, physical therapists, they traveled in pairs because it took two of them to handle all this. So like, I'm being supportive like this. And I'm like, I'm like, Boo Boo, yay. And so like, I reach over, I give her a one-armed hug. Cause you know, this is all messed up. And so like I could stand, so I hug her. And I was like, yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And then I saw it. It being the ugliest purse I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. In all my born days, I have seen nothing like that. And I looked at her, I barely said hello. And I was like, what is that? What is that? Okay, I was like, what are you bringing shame to our family? No, I'm serious. Like, I was like, you need to go home and go to my closet. And up there, you need to select one. I had them arranged in, like, color families for convenience. But, like, you just choose one. You need to bring that in here and show me because you are not bringing that thing back up in here. Oh, yeah. And then she's all, 
but Nick, I didn't have time to pack. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I didn't have a lot of words then because my voice is like this. You know, I just got the trach out, but I was like communicating. <laughs> but I, I was thinking a lot because the Lord preserved me that. And I was like, okay, now see, girl, we grew up together, <laughs> okay? And I know that our mother raised you better than that. <laughs> and I was, but I was thinking that, but all I just said, I said, shameful. <laughs> that is shameful. And if you want to hear the origination of the word shameful, yes, Sarah Fox. <laughs> shameful. Then like, I thought about it, I was like, actually, this is not, this is like a long-standing problem with this child. Because like back in the day when she was pregnant with Hannah, my eldest niece, there she, I went to go visit her, there she is super cute in that little shirt, you know, she's still going to work. And she's carrying this teeny tiny little Percy thing that I had some philosophical disagreements with. But I was like, you know, she's pregnant, I'm gonna show her some grace. But I was like, but girl, you were not traveling in your room, okay? You don't need a lot of Velcro and mesh, or I don't know what, okay. But then I see, I, you know, she, those manila file folders. That girl was actually carrying a bunch of them in this ragged, beat up old paper shopping bag. Like it was a legitimate way to carry file folders. And I was like, yeah, no, it's actually really not okay. And like, I was like, boo-boo, I need you to stop that, okay? Because what are people gonna think? You know, I was like, people are gonna think that I don't take care of you. Because I was making handbags at that point. I was like, seriously? Not okay. So the point of that story is, what are people going to think? And that's a question I have really um, struggled with in my recovery, especially as I decided what to do. Um, specifically, when I woke up, I you know, part of the reason why I did not want to believe that this was real, well, part of the reason why I did not believe this was real because I simply did not want to because I knew that if it were true that um, I had had this huge AVM rupture and a huge stroke and I was in a wheelchair, etc., um, right when I had come home and announced that, you know what, I just went to Africa, I love Africa, they invited me back, I want to become a missionary. The fact that right then I had that huge cataclysmic injury had major implications for everything I believed in. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to pretend like this isn't happening or like I'm dreaming. I was, real, I was really quite sure that I was dreaming. Like I seriously sat there and I collected data on everybody. I was just waiting for the people around me to make one false step. And like, you know, I was keeping a mental tally in my head about like, hmm, do your stories corroborate, you know, or one another? Or do they, or do you, are you telling me something different, you know, and like, I kind of was gathering information about like the, the details of this event, everything from the doctors and the nurses, and I was just like, eh, yeah, whatever. Eventually, the evidence became too much, especially when I met my surgeon, Dr. Dawn, and he um, walked walked into the room with like two legs, like a normal person. And I was like, wow, that man is real and not a myth. Okay, fine, maybe this did happen. Anyway, one of the first times I spoke in public about um, this illness. I sat there and I was like, you know, I do not claim to be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm not a stupid person. And when I woke up, I just thought to myself, okay, well, this is what I got. And when I said that out loud, there was like this collective shudder in the room. <laughs> they were like, wow, did she really just say that? Because we are... Um, a bunch of God-fearing, God-loving, church-going people. 
okay? And so, like, I just I just kind of said it. I called spade a spade. And I was like, seriously? I was in my head, I was like, seriously, come on. Like, I'm just saying what you guys were thinking. Because it's true, people were thinking, thinking that, like, it was one of the most healing moments in my recovery when a very dear friend of mine, I mean, we've known each other since I was, we were 12, and I have never seen that girl angry. She's always smiling. I just love her to bits and pieces. And um, she told me privately when I was, like, grappling with the question of uh, how much to say about this, how much to go on the record about this or that, you know, was this a really, really big deal or, or why, whatever. And she told me, um, when this happened to you, Ning, I was angry. Sorry. And I felt so validated because she shared that feeling with me. And I was like, well, you know what? I was angry, too. Because, uh, let's be real, I, for the first time, I was independent and I was happy. And, you know, I lived a very comfortable lifestyle. I mean, I had, you know, I was single and independent and I only had me to worry about. I was, you know, I, I had a good, very handsome, comfortable income. And I was ready to leave it all to go, you know, share the love of Jesus with people, the needy in the third world. And then I ended up in the hospital, like, in a wheelchair after being asleep for a while. So this is, like, a very not good-sounding story. I mean, there's friends of mine who still cannot talk about what happened to me without tearing up, uh, male and female. Like, people you would not expect to be, like, soft about this. But, um, so apparently what happened to me was a big deal. Like, I've received enough confirmation about that. And so we're left with this question of, well, what are people going to think? And what I really appreciate about what how God chose to do this was that, like, he set up the circumstances and let me choose. Like, he always makes it so man and womankind can, can choose whether or not to um, accept what he has to offer us. Like, he never forces anybody to do anything, so... Um, yeah, here I am in this situation, right? And um, bad stuff happens all the time, right, to, to, to everybody. And then you get to choose what to believe about it. And the way I am, if I had chosen to get angry with God and stuff, like all this energy I put into um, communicating about God favorably, like I would be using all of that energy to uh, argue very loudly about why you should not trust God. And uh, you, when I first considered this, I was like, you know what? This story, like these, this set of circumstances and the story is just like so depressing and bad. It, like, it reads like a story about why you should not trust God. But because it sounds so bad, it serves as a really excellent uh, attention grabber. I mean, I think I got your attention just with my the whole setup of circumstances here. I mean, an AVM is a very statistically unlikely event. Um, and the level at which mine, well, I had one, like, that's even more statistically unlikely. But the circumstances, you know, the fact that, like, you know, I was four days away from that meeting where I was going to be asked to be sent to, as Af to, to Africa as a missionary, I mean, like, that just knocks it out of the park. Because it's like, wow. I mean, I say all the time that 
all these things are way too pointed to be coincidence. And that's what upset me in the hospital. I was like, this is very specific and scarily pointed. And yeah, I don't think I don't want to be a part of that. At first, I was like, I do not want to be a part of this. Everybody just get away from me. But after I decided that the gospel is true, I realized, you know, I have been called to participate in a miracle. And not only am I participating, but the Lord has equipped me uh, through training and education to uh, communicate about these events and essentially to shape the public perception of these events, which I obviously do gladly, preferably with PowerPoint. But anyway, um, the thing is, like, when I made that decision, like, I tried to argue with what happened at the cross because I was like, you know, this makes no sense to me. I am angry and I'm upset. Yeah, feel free to explain to me how this is okay because I am very deeply disturbed and unhappy and distressed about this whole thing. P.S. I hate being in a wheelchair and crawling around on the floor. And like, I, I told my mom one day, oh, sorry, I'm gonna like cry again. I told my mom one day, I was like, Mom, I hate this. I was still in the hospital. I said, Mom, I eat like an animal because I, I couldn't control the food, like from my fork, like from the plate to the fork to my mouth. Like it, it was bad. It was bad. You know, you you learn a lot of stuff, but like this was just a bad, bad thing for me because you know I was used to so much independence, doing exactly what I wanted. So I ended up in this situation, and I really tried to argue with the cross. But what I came up back with, I was like, "Wow, you're you're just like you're not gonna." argue with the logic of the cross, that logic being um, immeasurable love and sacrifice that uh, that planned so intentionally to make a way for um, humans to be connected with God. And in the end, you know, um, obviously I don't have the answer for everything. Some things still don't make sense to me. But what I will say is that um, how God chose to make a way to have a relationship with humankind, it met the need of my heart, and it was a very deep need. Um, because if God had not relieved me on that day, on decision day, I uh, something would have happened. I would have figured something out. So that's all I wanted to talk to you about today. And if you want to know more, Google and Tan Decision Day or go to iheartrecoveryland.com and click on Decision Day. <laughs>